0: Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Hi, Rebels, and welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your podcast about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. It is with great pleasure that I introduce to you my guest today, Janine Geno. Hello, Janine. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, I'm doing very, very well. So happy to be with you.
0: I am so happy to. Janine and I had the pleasure of connecting actually on a topic I'm very passionate about, and that's the topic of kids and wellness. And we're going to dive into that entire topic because there's so much to be talked about there. But Janine, before we do that, let's start with you telling us a little bit about who Janine is. Give us three words and a little bit of a backstory behind each one who you are.
1: Three words about me. Um, I think the first word to describe me is I'm an introvert. I mean, that's just sort of... <laughs> that that's in everything about me. Um, I'm really curious and I I'm a high empath. So I really do kind of feel other people's feelings pretty intensely.
0: Yeah. And what brought you onto the topic of kids? I mean, you have been in the school system for a long time and you do a lot about the well-being of kids, but let's really dive into why kids, why not adults?
1: Yeah, so it's really weird how I got to the place that I'm because I started off my, my education, my background is school psychology and child developmental psychology. But then as soon as I got my PhD, I started raising kids. That was, (laughs) I was a stay at home mom for well over a decade. And it wasn't until we moved to the Atlanta area. My youngest was going into preschool. I was like, Oh, I'll go teach preschool for fun, something to do. Um, And then she went into elementary school. And at that time she was in elementary school um, I had a daughter in middle school. My son was in high school, and I started teaching college. So I went from preschool to college, and I had this amazing bird's eye view developmentally, what was going on with our kids educationally um, from basically preschool through college. And what I was seeing in my college student were these really stressed out, overwhelmed, you know, sleep-deprived, lacking skills students who were. Um, really in need of a lot of help. Um, they were just they were just in over their heads, and I could see with my my own kids and their friends how that was happening. And you know, so I started doing academic coaching. With um, I opened a business called The Balanced Student, where I see students and parents, and I help with the issues around, um, you know, time management, organization, mindset, sleep, screen, stress. Um, study skills and study habits, because that's what those kids will really need. That's what my college students were like, why didn't somebody tell me this when I was in high school? school. Right, right. Um, And out of that came um, this realization that a, a lot of our students, particularly our high achieving students, were really hitting a wall and struggling. And that's what led me to write the book, The Disintegrating Student. So that's kind of my yeah. My, my weird, I never intended to be an author. I never intended to do coaching, but it's just really a passion of mine that came out of my experience with my own kids and teaching uh, college students.
0: Yeah. And what would you say? I mean, so how long, what, what year was this published? What
1: year was Uh, 2019.
0: So since 2019, a lot has happened that has, I think, further impacted the well-being of adults and kids alike. How would you think things have changed post-COVID in terms of, you know, we hear a lot more about mental health for kids and adults alike. What do you think has changed and how do you think that has, I would say, deepened some of the issues that kids are facing nowadays?
1: Yeah, so... I mean, COVID was hard on everybody, but it really, really impacted our kids. And depending, depending on where they were developmentally, you know, whether they were preschoolers, kindergartners, middle schoolers or high schoolers or college students, that the impact was very specific to their developmental stage. Um, and what I think has happened since then is we all got very excited about going back to normal because isolation and virtual learning all that, that was not good for the majority of people for so many reasons. So of course we were excited to go back to normal. What I've seen happen and what has been really unfortunate is that in our zest to get back to normal, we kind of doubled down on just jumping right back in. And we forgot to look at where our kids actually are versus where we think they should be, or you know want them to be. And that has caused our students, so many of them to just spiral because they just weren't ready to go back to normal as much as they might have wanted to. We didn't do the prep work necessary to bring them on in a way that they could manage. so i I equate it to you know that game where you'd you put a blindfold on somebody and you spin them around and then you say like carry the egg on a spoon for 20 feet and don't drop it I feel like that's how our kids went back to school they were just very disoriented Um, and and they're still struggling we're and we're still seeing really negative impacts of too much too fast without the right kinds of supports in place
0: um, I do do some work with local schools and some of the feedback on the teach- from the teachers has been very similar that, you know, kids really spend two years at home and depending on their development stage, I mean, two years in the life of a child is a really long time, right? It's not the same as adults. Huge. We can say how much we have struggled to go through this period, but they have said how, you know, There's a certain lack of maturity of the kids that come in. And like you said, the expectations are where they are, if not higher, because they have missed all of that time and kids are trying to catch up. As I did a couple of recent talks, I was really saddened because even kids as young as like 11, 12, they wanted to talk about anxiety. And I'm like, wow, I don't think I knew what anxiety was until probably my late teens, like right before starting Mm -hmm. college, but not in middle school. And such topics, I think, are so, so much more common nowadays. And I mean, just some of the things that we see with kids, you know, the mental health, how they're struggling, again, anxiety, substance abuse, um, it's just really sad. Eating what,
1: disorders also, also ticked up quite a bit during the pandemic. Why do you think that's the case? Uh, control. Mm-hmm. They'd, you know, we were in a situation where there was very little control over not much, especially children had very little control. Um, and, you know, that's one thing you can control is how you eat, if you eat.
0: If you eat, yeah. Um, what do you tell to a pair so I have a pretty daughter right and she's going through this developmental stage where everything that mom says is not right or there is opposition to it and uh <clears throat> what do you tell to a parent who is you know partially has to manage that has to manage the relationship has to manage raising the kid at the same time you do want to have expectations at the same time you don't want a kid who is highly anxious who is getting more stressed out, like finding that balance um, because I would admit as a parent, sometimes I'm like, how do I give her a break but I don't lose all boundaries, Um, Mm -hmm. suggestions or advice for us parents? That's
1: that's such a good question. And it's what I work with a lot of parents about and your, your daughter's at that age where her job is to pull away from you. Her job is to think you really don't know anything anymore It's all her friends or so she's got to check it somewhere else. So that's very normal. Um, But she's in this position of sometimes being very childlike and sometimes kind of stepping up and starting to, you know, get her adult like chops in. And um, so as a parent, it is a very tricky place to be. But I think that the most important thing you can do as a mom is always keep forefront in your mind that you want to value your relationship with her over her academics because of the pressure that comes in from our high stakes, high pressure achievement culture, the expectations are really, really high. The kids feel it, teachers feel it, parents feel it. And I think it's really important for a family to sit down, particularly at this age, at middle school age and say, what is success for you we know what the achievement culture says and we know what the colleges you know what what students are trying to achieve to even get into a college let's step it back what is what is success for you in a way that you can manage you feel good about yourself you know you're not forcing yourself into too many areas where you're really really uncomfortable and I think we do that so often with kids so starting that conversation in middle school I think is fantastic and just keep talking.
0: Yeah you know I come from a family where the academic expectations for me were very high and it was all about the grades and the private lessons and how you do on tests and all of that and it's interesting how as I have grown as an adult and I have seen the pressure that created for me the perfectionism the anxiety as I was an adult the stress um, how much I have realized that we create that mm-hmm. right? and we don't have to. And um, it's interesting because part of me is like, yes, I want her to do really well and I want her to do really well on tests. But then another part of me is like, I really want her to be happy. Right. And it right. goes back to that finding that balance of where it is. And I don't want to say that I'm light on her. I still have expectations, but I do think the thing. And, you know, I keep reinforcing to her that however she does at it, school is not for me it's for her so it's mm-hmm. her choice of how well she will do and how much prep work she will do but i will tell you it is as a parent and you, you can probably relate as a parent um it is a tricky slope i was talking to a friend and i said we'll just pretend that we know what we're doing and we're really figuring it out as the key are <laughs> figuring it out
1: that's yeah and i i live and breathe this stuff and i still struggle with you know the stepping back and the letting go and the you know don't micromanage don't overparent because the instinct is to jump in help problem solve make it easier for them and i feel like parents today myself included were very uncomfortable with our kids being uncomfortable with their discomfort so we we don't tolerate that very well so we're very quick to intervene and help and and that's actually doing such a disservice for them because that's how we learn and grow and become resilient we figure it out ourselves and make mistakes and we and we take those opportunities away from our kids oftentimes where they would benefit from you know figuring it out yeah
0: and I will tell you I've had a uh, when my daughter let's say brings a project and I'm like you should do it like this you should do it like that and then I'm like Fox, how would you do it and sometimes she's like, I'll go this way. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. And I will tell you, sometimes she surprises me with the way she goes. It's done very differently than I would do it. But she gets it done. And I'm like, okay, mama, pat on the back. You kept your mouth shut. But sometimes it takes a lot. And um, we do have these conversations as parents with my husband, because he's a little bit more like it's got to be done this way. And it's like, well, let her, you know, this is the time where she is learning, like you said. This is a prime time to learn that there are consequences to how you do things, and that would, you know, that that
1: is something you will take for life, right? And we we run the risk of, of if we overhelp, then mm-hmm. our our kids can start to interpret that as they can't handle it, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of learned helplessness that comes where they just kind of give up. Their motivation kind of tanks, their confidence tanks, and. They're just they kind of expect somebody to step in and tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Um, I saw that very much so in a lot of my college students that taking initiation, the motivation to start things, they wanted to know exactly what to do, how to do it, and you know what was going to be great. And it was like, okay, I need you to kind of yeah. run with this a little bit. And I really had to push students and give them permission not to follow the rigid way, the one way and figure it out for themselves. And I would, you know, and I would have to say, I'm, I'll, I will actually grade you on your ability to do that because it was something that was so foreign to them coming out of high school that they just felt like that was just going to end up terrible. You know, that they were going to get a terrible grade because they didn't know exactly what to do
0: you know what? That's life. You just have to figure it out because once adulting, as we joke with some of my clients, hits you, you got to figure it out. There's not going to be mom or dad or a friend or whoever, or the teacher to say, do it this way. One, two, three. It's like here, figure it out. And if you're yeah. figuring that out for the first time when you're in your early or mid twenties, that's kind of a very different expectation and mindset than if you've had that experience as a child.
1: Yeah, it makes college much more challenging than it already is, and and I work with a lot of college students, and that's their main issue, is they're kind of learning all these skills, you know, away from home, away from the support, first. and that's hard. Yeah, yeah.
0: Janine, what's your opinion on um, extracurricular activities and always keeping kids busy?
1: Hmm, well... I think it depends. So I I love following a child's lead. So that's something they're really interested in. Um, I think that's fantastic. I don't like the idea of scheduling just to schedule or scheduling just to check the boxes for a college application. Um, That doesn't sit well for me, but I think students, you know, a lot of the one of the big reasons students come to see me is because of time management issues to learn kind of how to do a time management system. And what I've found over the years is the kids who have nothing to do, no job, no extracurricular, man, they really struggle with managing their time because that's all they've got. But you've got a kid who's got lacrosse, you know, practice one night and diving two nights and Boy Scouts or whatever it is. That actually is a built-in time management system for them. So I think what we have to be careful about is what I've seen is that when they get too overscheduled, sleep is the thing that ends up taking the biggest hit, which is no good. Um, you know, a student who will like, okay, well, I'm doing all my extracurriculars and I love them, but I'm not getting home till nine. You know, eating, showering, and then I'm doing homework till midnight or one o'clock, and then getting up at six thirty that's not really sustainable. So that's not, they're not bringing their best self to school the next day for sure. And, and they're more likely probably to get injured in their sports that they're participating in for being overtired. They're more likely to get you know, sick because their immune system is compromised. So I think it, I think that's a great conversation to have with kids because it's all about balance too. You know, it's cause some kids it's just like, but I love all my things, but It's kind of like life where you have a full-time job and it's kind of like, okay, I love all my things too, but what what can I do? What's what's reasonable? And and I've coached some kids to, you know, look at the rigor they're taking. You know, if they want to keep all the extracurriculars or have really demanding extracurriculars, then, you know, pulling back on the rigor, particularly in subjects that they're not passionate about. Like if they don't like ELA, don't take AP Lang, you know. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, go on level so that you're, you're trying to look at how much energy and attention do you have access to in any given day and, and hitting that sweet spot.
0: Yeah, I think that goes down to prioritization, which continues mm-hmm. on. And I'm really glad you brought up the topic of sleep because something that I do a lot of coaching with younger people is self-care. And you have brought up sleep and you have brought up food, which are both pillars of self-care. What's your thought about kids and self-care? Because um, from where I sit, I'll tell you is that I don't think our kids get enough self-care habits built. You know, I mean, they, in middle school, they take out PE and playtime, time, um, which I think is sad. And they sit, I think they sit too long. They spend way too much time on technology. Um, I don't think they socialize enough face-to-face. Um, any thoughts around self-care and kids and their development, how those go hand in hand?
1: I agree, I mean, especially with little kids, play is so important for brain development. So kids who are just sitting still in classrooms or kids who are you know, on devices, they're not getting that stimulation and brain growth. I mean, that's actually how the brain wires itself really magnificently when our kids are young. Um, and then as, as kids get older, movement is just so important, so important. Um, I, I, I find this particularly with uh, students who have ADHD and even students who don't because so many students who don't even have attention deficit disorder, they still are struggling with concentration and attention issues. And I think part of that is because they sit too long and are spending way too much time looking at devices so i think movement breaks that up and if we can get them moving outside wow that's even bonus that's even better yeah get them in the sunshine they need more natural light um hearing birds singing i mean all this stuff we know is really great self-care and is great for mood And, you know, and a lot of our kids are struggling with mood disorders. So I think it's huge if we can encourage it. Yeah. And once
0: again, I think teach them those habits that, you know, when I go to schools and I talk to kids, I tell them, if you can take one thing from everything I'm telling you about and make it a lifestyle habit, you will be ahead of the game because it's not that complicated. It just needs to be a habit, you know, get out and walk every day or whatever that habit is, sleep well, eat well, whatever mm-hmm. Well, Janine, I can keep talking to you. I love this conversation as a parent and as a professional. But let's go kind of back and say, what is your definition of rebellious, Janine?
1: Hmm. I, I mean, I think of it, I don't consider myself necessarily a rebellious person. But, if, but I, when I start thinking about your podcast, it's like, oh, I kind of do a little bit because it's pushing back on or challenging things that aren't working well you know, that you feel strongly about, um, and I think then I kind of become a little bit of a rebel here in the the world of education because I, I have been pushing back so hard, I mean, to the best of my ability on the achievement culture and the expectations, and trying to help parents and teachers have the language to say, you know, how are we defining success for our kids you know what is really important here um how do we prioritize their well-being how do we see the signs of struggle and so that we can intervene before our kids are you know in a really really bad place so that's how i would that's how i think of rebellious right now
0: i, d- I definitely think you're a rebel but that's just me saying that <laughs>
1: Which is why you're invited here. So I'm not sure too many introverts consider themselves rebels.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? I think sometimes when people think of rebels, they think there's almost like a little bit of obnoxiousness or loudness. I don't know why people think that, but I I agree with what you said is, you know, it's going against the status quo and resetting up the expectations of what a healthy child is, right? What's successful. I think that's, I think that's rebellious. I think that's disruptive. Janine, any favorite quote or piece of advice you want to leave for us parents or for kids?
1: Well, the, the advice I probably give myself most often and give to parents most often okay. is to listen more and talk less. Because I think that's the piece of advice that reminds us and makes us pause long enough to remember not to just jump in and problem solve. To act because a lot of times our kids don't want that when they come to us with a problem they just want to be heard and understood and seen and that goes such a long way to develop trust and connection and that, that strong relationship with our kids um, so if we can listen you know especially if we actively listen and show them that we're understanding that we're empathetic I think that's huge. That's a long way I
0: will be thinking about you as I try to take a <laughs> deep, <breathing.
1: laughs> deep breath. <laughs> breath.
0: Listen. <laughs> well, Janine, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for being here um, today. How can
1: people find you if they would like to reach out to your website, social media? Um, so I have a website, janinejano.com and the book is on there. I have a newsletter that comes out every month. Um, it's actually about perfectionism this coming mm-hmm. month. So um, you can sign up for that. And I have some parenting help sheets and pretty much all about me.
0: Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much. I wish you continued success. I look forward to continuing to work together on, you know, helping kids feel better and thriving. And if you guys have any questions for Janine, please do feel free to reach out. And of course, do not forget to make it the rebellious day. Talk to you next time can get enough of those rebellious conversations, do make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends.